Thanks. Okay. No problem. This land is mine. God gave this land to me. This brave and ancient land to me. children can run free so take my hand and walk this land with me and walk this lovely land with me though I Good evening, and welcome to this uh, pre-Pesach, Matzah, and Bakudim episode of Yada Yada Radio. I am here with uh, Kirk and with Dee this evening. Uh, mm. This is going to be uh, one of the most interesting, maybe the most interesting, presentations in uh, having done this now for 22 years. Um, I discovered something earlier this week that a few of us have thought about but wouldn't speak about. It didn't seem possible, even though it was hinted at everywhere. So I'm going to share something with you this evening that... um, that is exceedingly profound. It, uh, in one breath, it completely destroys the religion of Judaism and Christianity, obliterates them. Nothing left of them once you know this truth, and there is no denying it. The evidence for it is ubiquitous, it is overwhelming, it is irrefutable. And once you know this, it puts... God's people, Israelites, and a highly preferred position. It changes entirely the way God handled his fulfillment of the Mikrae. It defines the, uh, the covenant. It truly is an exciting thing because in doing this now for 22 years, I I made one pledge, and until earlier this week, on perhaps the greatest discovery in the past 3,000 years, I didn't go where the words led. It's as if the pronouns you and us and he and them were, were okay, but if it said me and my, that maybe we should project those on someone else. 
the first thing I want to say before we um, begin with this revelation, um, and there's really two points that I'm going to make. The first of those two is that we are approaching Chag Matzah. There has been this delusion born out of the book of Ezekiel, which is Satan's autobiography, that um, matzah is an ingredient during Pesach. And if you ask Jews, what does Pesach represent? They'll say freedom from slavery. The beginning of the Exodus. But it's not true. Matzah is not part of Pesach. Pesach is part of matzah. The celebration is Chag Matzah, of which Pesach is the first day. So I would ask Jews who think otherwise, what happened to the children of Israel during Pesach, 3,400 and... 70 years ago. What happened to the children of Israel during Pesach as it was celebrated in Mitzrayim? Guys, want to venture a guess? What happened? They ate lamb it's and not they hard. left Egypt? They, no, they ate nothing. Okay. Absolutely <laughs> nothing. They had a nice meal. They went to bed. Nothing. Stuff happened outside their doors. A lot of people died. They lived. They had a nice meal. They went to bed. Nothing happened on Pesach. They didn't leave Mitzrayim on Pesach. It wasn't the first Hmm. step away from religious and political oppression. That occurred on Matzah. Matzah represents the removal of religion and politics from your soul. The children of Israel were liberated from religious and political corruption in Egypt on matzah. Matzah is vastly more important than Pesach. Pesach is a nice meal with your family, a good night's sleep, get ready for the journey. God's going to protect your soul. The magic, the true miracle, salvation, the journey home, all commences on matzah. And yet the rabbis in Judaism have relegated matzah to an ingredient and pretend that Pesach is about the liberation and pretend that the Pesach lasts for seven days. It doesn't. It's one. Matzah lasts for seven days. And its purpose is to eliminate the stench and stigma, stain of religious and political corruption. So we are about to celebrate, we're going to do it on Tuesday evening, Mm -hmm. Chag Matzah, the first day of which will be a lovely meal with our family. As part of seven days of matzah. Now, that is particularly important when you consider what comes next. Now, I'm going to share this and what I'm going to read to you this evening. I I wrote this 
uh, yesterday and today. Uh, so this is all very fresh. Uh, and as I share it with you, uh, you're going to hear me say something that I want to emphasize before we begin. I'm going to identify the Pesach Eel and the soul that endured matzah on our behalf, and neither are Yahweh. But when I do this, what I want everyone listening to remember, that while the identity is exceedingly important, stunningly valuable, world-changing, life-changing, it's far less important than why he volunteered to do this. What I want you to think about and come to understand is why he asked to do this, why he felt he needed to do this, and why God agreed with his argument and supported his decision. Because that is the single most important part of what I'm going to share with you this evening. The volume that um, both Kirk and Diaz have, uh, have had the chance to read the first mm-hmm. four chapters of is a continuation of what now will be a three-volume series called Coming Home. Uh, this particular volume is entitled Dode, the Beloved. This chapter I'm going to read to you this evening is called Heroic, Gaining Our Respect. It follows a review of the first 23 Mismore, are all presented in coming home prior to this. And I'm actually going to begin by reading to you the 23rd Mismore, and then we're going to jump into the chapter itself. It begins, a Mismore of Dode. Yahweh is my shepherd. If Yahweh is Dode's shepherd, what does that make Dode? It's a lamb. A lamb. It's a sheep. I shall not be deprived. Deprived of what? Being the lamb. He extends me in flourishing and growing pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. How did he do that? Why did he have to do that? No one killed Dode. He died of old age. I had always thought, ah, well, he restored his soul. Yeah, Dode's coming back in 20. 33 on Kaporam. I would ask you, how many times was Dode anointed? Three. Three. Turns out he's coming back a third time. He restores my soul. He guides me in the proper and correct way of life. For his namesake, even though I walk through the valley of of darkness and shadows and death. I will not be afraid of evil. 
when did Dode walk through a dark, black shadow, a deep depression, as if dead? Not the first. Yeah, not the first time. May I suggest on matzah? Mm-hmm. For indeed, you are with me, your scepter and your people and your staff. They comfort and console me. You prepared a table before me in the presence of my adversaries. Though didn't have a lot of adversaries in his life. Yeah, he fought the Philistines, but they weren't Dode's adversaries. He fought against Moab. You know, he fought against the Amalekites. He fought against the Syrians. Ah, he gained a lot of adversaries thereafter. Yes. More than you can even count. You have anointed my head with oil. Yes, Dode was the only one that was anointed Masiach on Yahweh's instructions and request. My cup overflows with abundance. And he's earned it. Surely, goodness and generosity and unfailing love and enduring kindness will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will literally return at a moment in time to bring back and to restore the family and home of Yahweh. More truth than that, than any of us saw coming. Gaining our respect, beginning with the 26th Mismor, and continuing through the 30th Psalm. Father and Son, Yahweh and Dode, have led us to a place well beyond anything anyone has imagined, much less shared. It is a truth so pure, so profound, its chords resonate within our very core, speaking to us in ways which open our minds and uplift our hearts. From God's perspective, looking at it through the prism of his Torah, Bereth, Mikre, and Yisrael, his Am family, we are privileged to have witnessed the greatest treasure humankind has ever beheld. We have not only identified the individual who Yahweh distinguished with the right to fulfill the three most important events in human history, Pesach, Matzah, and Bekorum. We have discovered something far more valuable. Why God allowed these monumental days to play out this way. So how did we come to this place? And why has no one else been here before? Our path to the truth has been incremental albeit relentless since Teruah in 2001. Some conclusions came quickly and were obvious from the beginning, such as the importance of Yahweh's name, the realization that the Torah contains his guidance, that the Berith covenant is the centerpiece of God's plan, and that the Mikre are not only vital, but also essential to bringing us home. I was a bit retarded, however, initially, and 
slow in coming to realize how counterproductive and contradictory the Christian New Testament had become. It took a while to expose and condemn Paul and to see the plague of death from God's perspective. And then there was the realization that the covenant had not yet been renewed, so there could not be a new one. Early on, we began our prolonged trek through the Psalms, and we began to see Doe differently than he is perceived within Judaism or Christianity. His rhetoric was so insightful. I was consistently accused of developing a bromance with him. <laughs> and indeed, I came to realize that Dode is the centerpiece of Yahweh's interaction with his people. Soon thereafter, we realized that every accolade and distinction that Yahweh could offer a man, God bestowed upon Dode, David. He is the Messiah, the shepherd, the king, the firstborn, the chosen, the branch and the Son of God. Moreover, it is Dode who is coming back with Yahweh to fulfill Kippurim and reign over Sukkot. Further, Teruah exists to broadcast this message about Dode to his people. He is even the living embodiment of Shabuah. As a result, Yosha, the Christian Jesus, tumbles from his perceived perch, falling well below Moshe and Dod. But even then, why is nothing said of him? Specifically identifying them, Moshe and Dod's names appear over 700 and 1,100 times, respectively. Second and third only to Yahweh. We find Yosha ben Nuns, the successor to Moshe's name, some 200 times. But not a single mention of Yosha as the Passover lamb. There is no prophecy about a future arrival of Yosha, Jesus, for any reason at any time. Therefore, as expressive as Yahweh has been about everything else important to him, and his people, it's obvious that if there was someone named Yosha, identifying him was irrelevant to God, which means that he could not have been Hamasayak, the Christ in Christian parlance, or Ben Elohim, the Son of God. <laughs> so what now? Pesach, Matz, and Bakurim were fulfilled and. 33 CE, the Yobel year of 4,000 Yah. We've read eyewitness accounts of them throughout the Mizmor Psalms and in Yashaya, Isaiah. How were they fulfilled? Did God make an exception and do as he has never done before, acting independently rather than working with and through one of us? With the answer staring us in the face, I simply wasn't able to accept it. No matter how many times the Mizmor 
and Yashia explained that it was Dode's nephesh. I rejected the plain reading of the words because I did not think our father's love would allow him to subject his beloved son to such torment. So I came up with an elegant solution. The nephesh soul within the body of the Pisakael who was taken down to Sheol on Matzah to redeem us and then returned to the father on Bukhuram was Yahweh's. It would work as a probe, an avatar, enabling God to experience the pain without actually being there. Only one problem. That's not what the Mizmor or Yashaya convey. Yes, Yahweh has an soul, and he could have deployed it to function in this manner. And if he had done so, and I think it was God's intent from the beginning to do so, it would have accomplished the first two of the three days of this mission. He could have put his soul in a nondescript body and experienced the pain of the sacrifice of the Pesach Gael. He could have put his soul into the hands of the Ruach Kodesh, the set-apart spirit, and taken all of the covenant members' rebellion with him and dropped it off in Sheol to perfect us. But what about Bukhorim, firstborn children? How does the nephesh soul of Yahweh hmm. fulfill Bukhorim? There you go. If this were so, if my theory was right, my elegant solution, or so I thought, why were all of these psalms, including the 22nd, the 23rd, and the 88th, written in first person by Dode? Why does every relevant prophecy regarding the fulfillment of these events include Dode's name? Then there it was, right in the middle of yet another irrefutable affirmation that Chag Matzah was fulfilled by Dode's soul. It reads, your will and my desire. Your decision and my choice is to accomplish what must be done to liberate and save your people. Yasha, written in the Hiffel, which means that the subject is going to empower the object. The speaker here is Yahweh. The object here is my soul, Dode. So the Hiffel says that, the, that Yahweh is going to make it possible for Dode to do this and act in a manner that is consistent with Yahweh's nature. The imperative means that it is the will of the second person speaker, God. 
the pedagogic hey means that is this is emphatic and it was written in the cohortative which is a an expression of first person volition the first person speaker here is dote your will and my desire your decision and my choice is to accomplish what must be done to liberate and save your people that's it simple as that the moment of truth all I needed now was to understand why it was Dode's choice and Yahweh's decision fortunately the answer was instantaneous and it's immensely satisfying yes Dode wanted to do so it is what he realized he needed he was right and his father supported him in his decision let me explain Dode loved the Torah wrote the 119th Mismore to celebrate every letter in it so he knew that Moshe's character and his service had been exemplary tasked with the most challenging of missions Moshe was as perfect as any man who has ever lived but still he was not respected by the children of Israel read the story of the waters of Mirabah cover it in volume 8 chapter 1 of Yada Yahweh if you want to read it toward the very conclusion of the Yatza Exodus is when it occurred and the children of Israel not only disrespected Moshe he thought they were going to kill him Dode had read it he knew the king knew that Moshe's mistakes along the way had been trivial compared to his own which were monumental Dode was a life on steroids with highs and lows as extreme as Moriah is from the Dead Sea the king had lost Israel's respect and he knew it Jews are a tough crowd to please hmm. they had even come to overwhelmingly disrespect Yahweh still do so Dode was in good company in this regard nevertheless Yahweh wanted his son to inherit his throne and to shepherd and guide his covenant family throughout the universe and time however the Messiah knew that even with the best of them he could not lead them without earning their respect from this he correctly reasoned that is his nefesh were allowed to fulfill chag matzah he would instantly achieve the enduring love and the admiration of the covenant family we would all owe our very lives to him remarkable wow it would be as he has said two days of hell 
followed by an eternity of jubilation. The sandals Yahweh wanted him to fill were no longer too big. He would have earned his place, something that meant a lot to this man. And he would have been responsible for building the house he so desired in a way that really mattered. Yahweh could not deny his son the perfect solution. He wanted it for him because he loved him. So he made it possible. Dode was therefore anointed three times because he would appear three times. We got to know him better than anyone as he united Yisrael and built Jerusalem 3,000 years ago. He was the man from Bethlehem riding on a donkey. He was the Messiah arriving to fulfill Chagmatzah. He was the Zeroah protective ram and sacrificial lamb. He was Yisrael, finally manning up and becoming accountable. He is the fulfillment of every relevant prophecy, which is why Christians had to rob Dode of of everything that was written about him to create their Jesus. Yasha Yah names Dode throughout his prophecies because the prophecies were about Dode. Dode is the only name listed and the only prophecy which speaks of the arrival of the Messiah to fulfill Passover, because he's the one who did so. And all of the Psalms which speak of his service were scribed in first person, because the person writing them lived through them. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Using Dodes and Nefesh for his wishes. <sighs> to fulfill Chagmatzah was the single most brilliant and heroic decision ever made. Denying him of what he has done as is the case with Judaism and Christianity, ranks among the most disingenuous and debilitating of all decisions. Returning for a moment to the name which was never foretold, Yosha becomes nothing more than the name Dode and Yahweh collectively chose to describe their mission together. The body wasn't dotes, only the soul. So they gave it the most appropriate name. Yahweh saves. He told us we just didn't believe him. And yet they took us here with their words. Unless you guys would like to add something, I'm going to read through. What oh, most please. people would think are just meaningless psalms. You know, the 22nd is powerful. It speaks of crucifixion, um, well, a thousand years before it was invented. Uh, 23rd is everyone's favorite. 
course. No one thinks of the 26th, 27th, 28th, 30th, ever. You never hear them mention them. And yet, this is where we found the truth. So I want to read these to you. All collectively together. And have you listen to how we came to this profound discovery. You have chosen to be decisive regarding me. Yeah, well. Because with my integrity intact, forthrightly and honestly, I have walked, journeying through life with Yahweh. I have trusted and relied without wavering. Mismore 26.1 You want to test me, examining and assessing me, proving my mettle. Yahweh, because you want to reveal my true nature by providing an opportunity to achieve your desired outcome through me. Your will is for me to give you permission to demonstrably refine my emotions and my judgment. Indeed, this is because your steadfast love and genuine kindness are conspicuous before my eyes and correspond to what I'm witnessing. And so, I walk independently from others. Journeying through life unaffected by outside influences, social, religious, or political constraints, trusting and relying upon your honesty and your dependable and unwavering commitment to the truth. I do not live, sit, or remain with the insignificant louses and parasites who are vain, fraudulent, and worthless, and with the ignorant hypocrites and charlatans who conceal and cover over the truth. I am not associated with them either. I abhor, I shun the community and congregation of immoral and ignorant countrymen. And with the wickedly vexing and condemnable, I will not live and remain. I bathe my hands in innocence with moral impeccability and freedom from guilt. And I go around your altar, Yahweh, to listen to the voice of thanksgiving and to enumerate and to quantify all of your wonderful deeds. Yahweh, I love the provisions and support of your home and family, as well as the place your glorious presence tabernacles and dwells. Do not harvest my soul with those who miss the way and lead others astray, nor my life with the bloodthirsty individuals in whose hands are evil devices and spurious plots. Their dominant hand is filled with bribes and tributes. And as for me, with personal integrity, I will consistently walk. You have chosen to redeem me because you want to be kind, generous, loving, and merciful toward me. My stance is to be present, standing tall, 
ready for evaluation on an elevated and yet level and agreeable ground. And you say the threshing floor of Mount Moriah, where the temple mm-hmm. would stand? Within the community, I will extol, consistently speaking favorably, of Yahweh. That's the 26th Mismore. The 27th begins. Yahweh is my light, my illumination and enlightenment, my freedom, my deliverance and salvation. So whom should I respect? Yahweh is my protector and my fortress of my life. Whom should I fear? By encroaching upon me, immoral and ignorant countrymen seek to devour my person and message and consume my body in proclamations. My belittling adversaries and my enemies, they will stumble and bring injury and ruin with their approach towards me. And they will fall. Even with him being pitched and inclined against me, My heart and thinking will not be anxious or apprehensive, nor show any fear or respect. Even if he is rising up and taking a stand against me to battle and fight against this, I will remain confident and reliant. Not one thing, or just one thing I have asked from Yahweh through all of this. May I continually seek to learn about me dwelling within the house and family of Yahweh all of the days of my life, to look upon, observe, and gaze into the favorable acceptance and loveliness of Yahweh, and to look at, inspect, and consider exploring in his temple, sanctuary, and home. For he will conceal me in his shelter, During the day of destructive shepherds and harmful countrymen, he will conceal me, causing me to vanish in the protection of his shelter. With a rocky crag, he will lift me on high to increase my prominence. And then my (laughs) stature will rise above all of my opposition who are rancorous towards me on every side surrounding me. I will choose to prepare the feast for your consumption in his radiant tent. Sacrificial offerings for annunciation during Teruah. I will choose to sing because I want to make music for the enjoyment of Yahweh. Your desire is to listen, Yahweh to my voice as I call out reciting an invitation to meet you have decided to favor and distinguish me in this way your will is to be preoccupied with me to sing with me to communicate through me and to respond by providing me as the answer regarding you my thoughts my judgment acknowledge that you have chosen to call my presence into account. Therefore, your presence and appearance, Yahweh, I consistently seek, 
request and inquire about. You will not conceal your presence from me for a prolonged period of time. You are not inclined to spread out or elongate frustration, resentment, or a grievance with your coworker and associate. You've been my helper, my influential and powerful assistant. You will never abandon me, just as you will never reject or forsake me, O God, of my deliverance, emancipation, and salvation. It's true, my father and my mother, they rejected and they forsook me. But Yahweh, having taken me in, will always be with me. You want to guide and teach me your way, Yahweh. Your will is to reliably lead me by the upright and level, correct and straightforward, agreeable and elevated route on account of my adversaries. You have decided not to give me over to the soul of my adversaries who would diminish, belittle, constrain, and negate me, who indeed will have risen up and become established to take a stand against me, to bear false witness, provide deception and misleading testimony, and commit fraud in this way. They exude injustice and oppression, immorality and ignorance, wrongfully plundering, terrorizing, and destroying. Surely, I am certain, knowing that it is established, verifiable, and true, that I will look upon and see, then revel upon the goodness, fairness, and attractiveness of Yahweh in the land of the living. You should choose to confidently place your expectations for a beneficial result looking forward to Yahweh. You should want to be strong and prevail as to be as tough as you are intense. And with your courageous character and reinforced judgment, choose to confidently place your expectations for a beneficial result by looking forward to Yahweh. For you, Yahweh, I am the essence of what it means to be called out. Continually proclaiming the summons to meet while announcing the invitations, and I consistently read and recite because I have been designated and appointed, and I will be known and remembered by the Mikray. Wow. My rock, you are never unresponsive or silent towards me, and you take no action apart from me. Because if you were unresponsive with me and silent regarding me, then I might be likened to one who governs and speaks in catchy phrases with my proverbial wisdom wisdom and memorable discourse while even compared to those who will be brought down to the pit. You want to hear the sound of my generosity, kindness, and compassion, even in requesting help for me concerning you. And lifting me up, my hands and influence are for your set-apart word, your most special message, 
and your distinctly uncommon nature. You do not want to continually draw me away, dragging me off and prolonging my time with the guilty and condemnable who are wrong, with those who despise and carry out deceitful and troublesome religious idolatry, or those who seek, speak of peace and reconciliation with their culpable countrymen. And then when their perverted calamities occupy their hearts, heads, and judgment. I apologize. I forgot to introduce that we were now in the 28th Mismore. It began uh, when uh, we read, For you, Yahweh, I am the essence of what it means to be called out, continually proclaiming the summons. Your will is to provide them with that which is comparable to what they have done according to their immoral nature and their foolish endeavors. Consistent with your with the ventures and the things that they influence, you intend to give it back to them. Your will is to return what they have done, rendering recompense and restitution to them. Since they do not realize or apprehend, they do not understand or regard, they do not even perceive or appreciate that which pertains to Yahweh's reward and recompense or that which concerns the work of his hands and influence. So he will tear them down, eliminating them, and he will not reestablish them. Lifted up in love and blessed is Yahweh. Indeed, he had heard the voice of my generosity, kindness and consideration of my loyal love and compassion. Yahweh is my offense, my source of empowerment and fortitude. He is my determination, providing me with the ability to accomplish what is needed, what is desired and necessary. And he is my defense, my protective shield. In him, my head and heart, especially my innermost being and most salient motivations, trust and rely. So I was supported and assisted and was, therefore, able to help others. And so my heart and thinking at the very core of who I am and what I want rejoice and are jubilant, reveling exuberantly and genuinely delighted with my song and in these lyrics. I exuberantly express my appreciation to him for allowing me to accomplish his will while acknowledging how his influence enabled something exceptionally wonderful to occur for me and for him. i share that again. With my words and in these lyrics, I exuberantly express my appreciation to him for allowing me to accomplish his will while acknowledging how his influence enabled something exceptionally wonderful to occur for me and for him. Yahweh is their source of enrichment 
and he will provide everything they require, fortifying them while empowering with the strength to prevail, protecting and enabling, delivering liberty while providing salvation with his, yes, his, anointed Messiah. There it is. Your will and my overwhelming desire, your decision and my choice is to accomplish what must be done to liberate and save your people and family. So you have chosen to lovingly lift up and bless, offering benefits while favoring and commending your heir apparent, your inheritance and your children and your heritage, confirming your inalienable heredity rights because you want to shepherd them, to lead and guide the flock, to nurture and protect your sheep. And you want to lift them up, carry them away, forgiving and raising them as an enduring witness through the restoring testimony forevermore throughout eternity. Ms. Moore, Psalm 28, 9. A song for the dedication to the disciplined instruction with commitment to teaching what is honorable and special of the family home and household of Dode. I am always proud of you and continually honor you, Yahweh, because truly, emphasizing the importance of this statement, you have lifted me up and you have withdrawn me from the depths, not allowing me to languish while providing a wellspring of understanding pertaining to the doorway entering the home. And you have not allowed anyone adversarial to me to rejoice over me, preventing those who would defame me from celebrating over me. Yahweh, my God, I implored you to assist me in the moment to find relief. And you restored me forevermore. Yahweh, in a moment in time, you facilitated the withdrawal and the raising of my soul, my consciousness, out of Sheol, hell. In an instant, you brought me back to life. And from those who are cast down and diminished to the pit, to the lightless prison. You should choose to strum an instrument and sing a song to Yahweh, his dedicated and zealous godly ones who are seeking his favor and mercy while showing that you want to express your appreciation for the influence and awareness of his set-apart, uncommon and special renown, his reputation and name, as well as for recalling this event. Indeed, for an instant, his resentment and displeasure were intense. For a lifetime and for the living, he, he is pleased and accepting. With the sunset and the ensuing darkness, there was a night 
of enduring sorrow and bitter humiliation. But towards the morning and the dawn's early light, there was joy at having overcome, jubilation and singing over the sacrifice during a time of celebration, providing a legitimate reason for justifiable pride. As for me, I expressed during my now tranquil and secure situation, indeed satisfying and wonderful circumstance, having now succeeded, that I will never again be removed, slipping into a troubling or unfavorable place for all eternity. Yahweh, by your acceptance and favor, and with your approval and decision to be genuinely pleased by this event, accepting it as completely satisfactory, you cause the mountain to be present and accounted for, taking a stand at this time, prevailing by mightily strengthening and empowering. Mount, of course, is Moria. However, mm-hmm. when you concealed your presence, even for the moment, I was horrified and in agony, alarmed, anguished, and anxious, and a tremendous hurry to hasten the torture. To you, Yahweh, I was appointed to call out and continually proclaim the summons and to make the invitations known. And so I am mentioned by name when reading the offers to meet. And with Yahweh, even alone and unassisted for a while, I am continually shown compassion, great kindness, and enduring love, a loyal, loyal devotion. And what way is there that a dishonest gain or deception or unfair advantage somehow is derived from this, from my bloodshed, with me being cast down myself towards the lightless prison? So to saying, What's unfair about this? What's inappropriate about this? The fact that I myself volunteered to be cast down. That I shed my own blood for you. Will the material realm realm choose to express its appreciation for you? Will it be informative and announce your trustworthiness and your enduring reliability? Yahweh, you learned and you showed compassion. You were merciful and you spared me. Yahweh, it was your will to exist as my helper who supports and assists me through this. You have overwhelmingly changed, transforming my wailing lamentation and to now dancing all around for me. You have loosened and released my sackcloth of common clothing, and you have girded me in delightful happiness and pleasurable gladness. So that as a result, I can continually sing of you as honorable and rewarding, glorious and powerful, and of never being silent or unresponsive, my God, forevermore. So I express my appreciation to you for your influence in my life and for casting me down and then praising me vociferously 
and passionately. Ms. Moore, lyrics to be sung, Psalm 30:12. It is obvious that Dode made the decision to serve in this role and that Yahweh supported him. The king knew that Yisrael was impossible to please and that their respect would always be hard-earned. So this was his way of resolving that problem forever. This, of course, means that there was no Jesus Christ and that Yosha was nothing more than a way of describing the outcome. Christians and Jews had both gotten it wrong. The kinsman redeemer, the object of every prophecy, did as was foretold. But Dode was more than the Passover lamb. He fulfilled unyeasted bread. It was the greatest sacrifice by the greatest man to have ever lived. If this does not garner your respect, Yisrael, then you are not worthy of him. Yes, we have been over this ground before, but let's return to it yet again with an open mind, with receptive eyes. I'm going to share highlights now with you from mm-hmm. the Song of Songs, the greatest song ever written. It is Mismore 89, and in this light, well, we need to hear it as we approach Pesach, Matzah, and Bakorum. It begins, I have established the Bereth Covenant, the home for the family, with my chosen one. I have sworn an oath to Dode, my authorized agent who works on my behalf. I have established the Bereth Covenant, the home for the family, with my chosen one. I have sworn an oath to Dode, who works on my behalf. I will establish your offspring and that which you sow as an eternal witness. In addition, I will construct a home for your throne and your seat of honor on behalf of all generations throughout all time. Salah. Pause now contemplate the implications. You humbled and crushed the contentious pleas and the reprehensible and deadly nature of the pretentious pride and stormy arrogance of the boisterous afflictor and his false god with your empowered and fortified Zeroah, protective shepherd and sacrificial lamb, isolating and separating your adversaries. Beside you and on your behalf, the Zeroah, the protective shepherd and the sacrificial lamb with tremendous power and awesome ability will be your strong hand to raise up at your right side. Being correct, executing good judgment and justly resolving disputes serves as the foundation of your throne a loving relationship and genuine mercy along with a steadfast commitment to the truth encounter those who enter your presence. 
delighted to show the way and blessed are the people who are aware of and acknowledge Teruah, who walk in the light of your presence, Yahweh. You know, there isn't one religious Jew among the billions of them that acknowledge Teruah. Do you know that the primary purpose of Teruah is to do as we're doing tonight, to identify and both Father and Son, our Messiah and King and God, and how to work together to facilitate our return. In your home, they rise every day. And in your justice and vindication, by being right, they are lifted up. For our deliverance and protection are from Yahweh. Accordingly, the set-apart one of Israel is our king. At the time you spoke in a revelation to those whose love for you and commitment to you is unwavering, saying, I have provided assistance, supplying what is needed on behalf of the one with the strength to prevail the character and courage to champion the most virtuous cause, the Gabor. The Gabor is Dod. I have raised and exalted the chosen one from among the people. There's only one God chose. Mm-hmm. I discovered and then made known Dod, my co-worker, out of my set-apart oil, uniquely distinguishing oil, I have anointed him so that to show the way to the relationship, my hand will be established and steadfast with you. The Messiah is Dode. God has said so. In addition, my Zeroah, my protective shepherd, and my sacrificial lamb, Dode, will empower and embolden you, strengthening you, and help you grow, elevating your status. The adversary will not nullify him, and the son of evil shall not deny him or denigrate him. Son of evil is Paul, who's the one that came up with the scheme to rob all of Dode's attributes to create the caricature of his God-man named Jesus. And so I will pulverize and crush his foes, especially those who seek to constrain and restrict him while diminishing his acclaim. You don't want to be among those who diminishes the acclaim of Dode, the Messiah, the Son of God, the Zeroah, sacrificial lamb. Then out of his presence, I will plague those who shun him by attempting to decrease Dode's status, failing to appreciate what his love represents. Therefore, my steadfast commitment to the truth and my love, my devotion and enduring favoritism, my unfailing affection and genuine mercy are with him. In my name, his light will radiate and enlighten. He shall call out to me and welcome me, announcing, You are my Father. 
I also will appoint him my Bakur, firstborn, the highest <laughs> of all of the kings and rulers of the earth. This is the reason that Yahweh could not do what I had suspected. My elegant solution where it was Yahweh's nephesh that was used as an avatar or probe inside of the body of the sacrificial lamb and the victim that took our corruptions to Sheol works up until Bukurim, firstborn children. There's only one soul that works for firstborn children. It's the one that Yahweh just called his firstborn. It's stowed. He shall call out to me and welcome me, announcing, You are my father. And I also will appoint him my firstborn, Bukor, the highest of all of the kings and rulers of the earth, because he will rule as my son. For all eternity, I will keep watch over him, paying very close attention to him, my unwavering love, my unrelenting devotion, my enduring affection and genuine mercy as part of my family-oriented covenant agreement. Wabarathani are truthfully presented and will reliably endure with him. Dode is the exemplar of the covenant. And I will establish his seed and that which he sows and his offspring as an eternal witness forever. And his throne shall be equated to the days of heaven. Accordingly, my unwavering love and enduring devotion, unmitigated affection and genuine commitment to an adoring relationship, I will never remove from him because I will never communicate something which is not true nor will I ever contradict my steadfast commitment to the truth. I will never dishonor, nor will I poke holes in my covenant, nor will I ever alter or change that which has gone forth from my lips. There is only one to whom I have affirmed the truth by having made a promise by my set-apart nature, if not to dode, I will be proven a liar. His offspring and that which he sows shall exist and endure forever, and his place of honor shall be as the sun before me, as my counterpart. <laughs> but you have refused to accept, and you have rejected by diminishing the merit of, even over time becoming adverse to your Messiah. Improperly and on your own initiative, meddling while presumptively passing over any association with him. You have repudiated and renounced the covenant and your co-worker dishonoring and defiling his dedication, his preparation, even his demonstration of unparalleled devotion. What's worse? In addition, you have deliberately turned away from what he has chiseled in stone and written 
by the hand of the prominent crag, such that you do not stand with him or support him in this conflict. His brilliance and his splendor and his position of honor, you have truncated because you have hurled it to the ground. You have cut short, curtailing the ability to accomplish the mission during the days of his youth. You have shamefully covered over him, dishonoring him. Take a moment to consider the implications. If after all of this, you were unwilling to accept Dode as your savior, in addition to your shepherd, Messiah, and king, perhaps you don't belong in his company. There is no question. The words are irrefutable. You know, when I was thinking about this in the moments before our program this uh-huh. evening as we're approaching Chagmatsa, yes. I began to realize that of all the things that Yahweh inspired, you know, we speak of the Torah and what he shared through Moshe. We speak of the prophets, and uh, you know, I think that they most magnificent of them is Yashaya Isaiah. But you know, we have more written by and about Dode than anyone else. Do you know that God says more about Dode than anyone else? Do you know that Dode's life and writings are better grounded in archaeology than anyone else's? I mean, there are proof that the time and Mitzrayim, Egypt, took place, and there is evidences uh, along the way of the exodus and of the entry into the promised land. But with Dode, there's his home. There's the city of Dode. There's Mount Moriah. There's the, the Temple Mount, which was the threshing floor. There's the history of all of his achievements, his name, memorable in, in stone. There is no one in the entirety of Yahweh's inspired prophetic testimony that is more credible than Dote. More verifiable than Dote. He is at the exact center of our timeline from leaving the Garden of Eden, when we were kicked out in 3968 BCE, to the time that we will re-enter it in your 6,000 Yah, 2033 CE. He's right in the middle of it, the fulcrum upon which everything pivots. He's the only person that Yahweh said, He is my son, I am his father. He is the only one that said, I anointed him personally. He is the only one that Yahweh said, I chose. And I chose him for reasons that you don't even understand. The shepherd called this man the shepherd. He gave him the title of the Zoroah. 
He said he was not only king of Israel and God appointed him as such, but he will be the king of kings and rule throughout all eternity. And the beauty of it now is that we'll all respect him because he has earned our respect. Two days. He solved it all. Two days he became the exemplar of what it was that was missing all the time in Israel. Devotion to Yahweh and being willing to take a stand, to man up and do the right thing. Two days. And we celebrate and adore him forevermore. Yes, this year as we approach Chag Matzah, it's important to realize who made that sacrifice. It's important to recognize why God allowed it. It's important to know what Pesach delivered, which is it provided life to those enjoying a family meal with Yahweh. And what Matzah provided, distancing, separating the children of Israel from the corrupting and controlling nature of religion and politics. All such that on the third day, they would be perfected and immortalized and become the children of God, Bakurim, the firstborn on their way home to the promised land. So that's my uh, my bombshell for it this uh, evening. As I've shared with yeah. uh, with everyone that I sent this out to. Uh, now, Kirk, you, you and both you and Dee have had uh, time to um, review. I understand that, um, Dee, you and Jackie have gone at it and, and have already gone through the the score of prominent prophecies to see yes. if it uh, is consistent all the way through. What did you find? Well, we found out that not only does this fill in any gaps that we once had, uh, it makes more sense than anything we've ever seen. It, You know, we considered it very thoughtfully, and we went through Yashiyah 53, specifically with a fine-tooth comb and just harried ideas back and forth and it's overwhelmingly so obviously doed. It's almost embarrassing. It is it's almost it's embarrassing. Almost it is embarrassing. Very. Yeah, I <laughs> spent this afternoon uh, going through the twenty-second Mizmor, where yeah, uh, Dode is speaking in first person because it's him. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And okay. he speaks of mm-hmm. the whole ordeal of, of Pesach leading to to uh, the worse ordeal, the darkness of of matzah. Uh, and then the joy of the light of the new day on on Bakurim and becoming the firstborn. Um, and it's all written in first person. <laughs> and how do we miss so, this? What do you do with that? Yeah. Hey, what do you do with that? Uh, we were all in tears. It's just so incredible. And it's like we're seeing Dode as he really is the first time, but it was always there. Yes. And I'm so delighted there. for I mean, the, the most satisfying thing of all of this is that we initially developed a bromance with Doug because, quite frankly, he's brilliant. And (laughs) he's emotional and passionate and yet intellectual. He's a wordsmith. 
He's articulate. He's profound and insightful. Uh, he is just extraordinary. But boy, did he have feet of clay. Dode was one of those people that, uh, and the, uh, for those that know the Thomas Jefferson, uh, uh, the uh, dialogue between my head and my heart, and uh, mm-hmm. as uh, he was uh, trying to decide if he was going to follow his head or his heart as it relates to his uh, responsibility to this new country or his great love for a woman. And um, Dode was similar in the sense that, boy, was he, did he have loves. I mean, uh, <laughs> from Jonathan to, uh, to his uh, eight wives and ten concubines and his country and uh, defending them and to building uh, uh, the passion to build Yahweh's house, collecting all the material to write to these songs. When, but when Dode allowed his heart to make the decision, it wasn't so good. And he, he was so plagued with so many really bad decisions. I mean, when God gave him three options later in his life, Oh, yeah. And one of them was easy. And he passed it by and chose one that cost so many Israelites theirs. When he didn't properly deal with the fact that his youngest son raped his daughter. And it prompted then Absalom to respond by killing his firstborn. The reason that Yahweh pined for Absalom, even when Absalom was, was trying to overthrow his kingdom was because Dode mm-hmm. knew he had been wrong. Yeah. That he didn't yeah. deal with the problem the correct way. And that's why he turned into milk toast and a, a whiny guy and a d- deserted Jerusalem and had to have the lecture of lectures. He made some really bad calls when he sent his most loyal general off to fight a battle where he was convinced he was going to get killed, wanted him to get killed so he could take his wife. Dode made some really bad calls. And he lost the respect of his people. He didn't lose the respect of his God because his God knew what was in there all the time. And so when Dode began to realize that there would be a soul fulfilling these three days, it was the perfect solution. Let me do it. I need this. If you allow me to be the soul that sacrifices for the people so that those who enter heaven know that they're here because I was willing to take all of their guilt with me into hell, then I will have earned their respect. It'll be different. I'll... I'll be able to slip into those sandals you want me to wear. This is a tough group, yeah, it's, this Israel, it's, that you've asked me to lead, but I can do it. Yes, go ahead. A pertinent point that I think a lot of people are going to want to know, and Jackie mentioned this, is we should discuss how his soul was perfect when he accomplished this. How his soul and, uh, or how our souls? Well, uh, the, dope, the that, he was the perfect well, the man. That, yeah, well... The way that that God did this, and it's the the Dode's 
um, was covered with Yahweh's uh, set-apart spirit the moment he right. was uh, anointed at, at eight years old. When God found him, he immediately anointed him, Masiach, and his spirit came upon him and never left him. So that means right. that Dode, from God's yeah, point of view, the other way. looked yeah. perfect. Right. That any darkness in Dode disappeared. So Dode right. was perfect from God's point of view, which is why God got to enjoy the character that was there, the brilliance that was there, the commitment and the great love that was there. So he was perfect from God's point of view. And the whole purpose of well. this of this individual is that you load a hundred percent of all of the guilt of all of those who will be part of the covenant on him. And he's going to take it into Sheol, hell. He's going to leave it there. Right. And so when he left it there, there is nothing left of it. What all a there is now is the most heroic act anyone has ever accomplished. Brilliant act. Yes. That's how it happened. I know that uh, religious Jews say, well, Jesus couldn't have been the, uh, you know, the Savior because a man can't save another man and a father can't save his son and a son can't save his father. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go to the body him first. Toad wasn't saving his father. He said his <laughs> father abandoned him. His father was <laughs> awful. Mm-hmm. And, and so... and. And, uh, and it's very unlikely, although I would have negotiated this if I was doted, he may have. Um, uh, Solomon was a, uh, was a good choice initially, but Solomon um, allowed his love of women um, from cultures other than uh, Yisrael uh, to drag him into uh, pagan uh, idolatry. And so if I were dode i'd say okay listen i'm going to do this i'm going to do this whether or not you agree with my negotiation but i want to negotiate anyway uh what i want is um i want uh solomon to uh to be exonerated i want you to include him uh in this and uh, and you know if i were yeah i'd say all right all right it's not too much to ask i i understand why you'd want that um so i'm sure they had some form of uh of of discussion between the uh, the two of them, but um, sure, yeah, the, the you know when they, when when it says uh, that this is not, and there's another place, and I think it's the 44th Mismor where a man can't uh, redeem another man. Uh, it's his soul, right? The soul serving as the Passover lamb. God's acknowledging the Passover lamb if if our guilt is transferred to it will redeem us. And so in this case, the Passover lamb was a nondescript body that the Romans beat to living almost to nothing and then yeah. uh, killed. And Yahweh incinerated it that night. All of the, the corruption of that body is gone. And the soul carried all of our guilt into Sheol, dumped it off there, never to be seen again, because Sheol is like a black hole. Right. And it never comes out. Yeah, it never comes out. The most amazing, of course, is that there's only one thing in Daniel that makes any sense, and it's it's presented by Gabriel, and, and Gabriel is uh, is a compound of the Gabor and El. So it's the Gabor oh. of God. 
who is the Gabor of God? Mm-hmm. It's Dode is the Dode, Gabor of God. Dode, yeah. And so the, pers- the speaker is actually Dode. And, uh, and Dode is delivering this message, which is the only one that says that the Messiah is going to be cut off, which is the Passover lamb. And, the, and ultimately cut off is fulfilling matzah. And so Dode is speaking, and he mentions his own name, which is the only name that's mentioned in the prophecy, and then speaks of the Messiah, who he happens to be. <laughs> and so now yeah. the most profound prophecy, the one that is actually the most essential to Christianity, because otherwise there's no merit, there's no prophecy at all of a, a coming the Messiah. That's the only one. Um, yeah. Now it's clearly Dode speaking of Dode. <laughs> Makes sense. It puts the Shabuah menu in perspective. Why are there two ram sons? The why, you know, yeah. I know who the bull is right. now. The the lone koi. Why Ezekiel yeah. wanted yeah. to Yeah, Dode becomes both, the, you know? uh, the embodiment of all seven of the Moed Mikre. That's why yeah. the thing that is so beautiful yeah. is that Yahweh doesn't do anything alone anymore. He he fulfills the the means that we have to enter his home through his favored son. Uh, because his soul of his son served as the Pesach Eyal. The soul of his son fulfilled Matzah, taking all of our guilt with him into the black hole of Sheol. His son became the firstborn uh, to fulfill Bukurim, and there was no one who was more Shabuad, enriched, empowered, and enlightened than Dode. <laughs> and, and we were called to be the fulfillment of Teruah, uh, some 22 years ago now, in, uh, in 2001, uh, and the mission has always been to call Yahweh's children, Yisrael, back home, and the person who can bring them home and the person we're bringing them to is Dode. That's the reason Teruah is mentioned in so many of Dode's psalms, because Teruah is a call to Yisrael to come home to Dode. And of course on Kippurim, Dode is coming back on Kippurim with Yahweh in year 6000 Yah, October 2nd, 622, you can set your watches, p.m., sunset in Jerusalem, October 2nd, 2033. And at that time, the first act of business is he's going to sprinkle blood on the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant to fulfill Kippurim as it is outlined in the Torah. And then he will be the reigning king over Sukkah forevermore as we return to the garden. All seven are about God's celebration of life with Dode. God would have done it all for Dode, and Dode did it all for us. Incredible. What a cool brother. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's the, my conclusion when we were doing this the last two days, the single greatest discovery Uh, in human history. Yep. I Um, I can't argue that. What what could Uh, compare to this in terms of having an influence on your life? The single greatest discovery in human history. And yet uh, we're not going to be braggadocious about it because... It's so obvious. But, you know, I guess sometimes when yeah. things are really, really, really obvious, when they're that obvious, we, 
We all have a tendency to read through them. And I was trying to understand how that's even possible, but I realized that um, we all have biases, and, and it takes yeah. a long time to jettison all those biases. That's why I went through that these are the things that I was retarded on, and it took some time to change. We all have our biases, and it takes a while to clear away the muck that religion has plastered over God's message. There is, I mean, Jews are so fixated on denying the fulfillment of Passover, Matzah, Bakodim, and Shavuah, uh, as well as sure. the fulfillment of Teruah. I mean, their whole religion sure. is based upon denying their fulfillment by anybody, much less by Yosha. Well, you win on that one. Uh, that, that is their, their whole mentality, and Christians created the most popular religion in the world by separating an individual who they gave a bogus name to and then afforded doge titles to and worship under the sign of a dead god on a stick. I mean, this is the center fulcrum of those two religions. But that's not there. I mean, this is the first time forever I've I've gone through every word. Since I talked to you yesterday or before that, Mm -hmm. I've looked up every word that you read tonight. I mean, intensely looked up. Everything, every little source I could find. It's no way you can come to any other conclusion. I'm not bragging about yeah. you. I'm, I'm patting, well, I am yeah. patting you on the back. I am bragging about you. But, but I'm saying, you know, my intent oh, was, was not to do that. My intent was just to confirm. And it was like, I, and these weren't hard words for the most part. And I, and no, I look over at the... the, the you know, <laughs> no, they're not. Yeah. They're the toughest ones we've ever done. Yes, you are. It's toughest. No. And, but we went through. We oh, went yeah. through. Uh, yeah. I went through all these English translations, and they actually have it there. You, yeah. you can't hardly miss yeah. it there. And and they just yeah. even in they, English. They, they, yeah, yeah. They, the, the there are two challenges. Uh, one thing, there's two places where this the the entire story in these nondescript uh, psalms um, resonate. Mm-hmm. One is he says, "You withdrew my soul from Sheol." Well, there's only been one soul who's ever gone to Sheol that's come back out. Only yeah. one. And if it's Dodes, well, that's the answer. And the second was, yeah. you don't very often see two Hebrew moods in the same verb in the same sentence. And when that same verb, or the, when two different moods, the imperative, which second-person volition and cohortative first-person volition okay, were okay. both uh, ascribed to Yatza, that it was your choice and my will, uh, my desire and your determination, your decision. Well, that's pretty clear. That we would, that we would save and proof. deliver. Yeah. And when you, when you realize that that statement followed Yahweh delivering his Messiah, that was the next statement. And all of a sudden you're going, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is uh, obvious. We need to come full stop. So my biggest challenge really in all of this is that um, one thing I wanted to do was go through every prophecy that is misconstrued to apply to Jebus and, uh, and mm-hmm. demonstrate as we have before that they all apply to Dote. And then... So once you've gone through them all, including the two uh, rabbinic uh, arguments uh, against uh, 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 God's plan, is that uh, uh, and 
you found out there is no way to deny it. So you went through, Kirk, and you checked every word. And I really these did. Psalms, yeah, these psalms were irrefutable. You've checked them all. And uh, yes, sir. Jackie, you and uh, or D, you and Jackie uh, went through all of the other uh, uh, prophecies uh, pertaining to them, particularly all the important ones, and you read through them and verified that they all make much more sense. And there's no place where yeah. they disagree with this conclusion. Yeah. So once we do that, and the case is 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 fully solidified, and in, in my mind it already is, but then the next thing is we have to decide how do we deal with this because you can't start with this. This is not uh, the first chapter of the of an introduction to God. Intro to God. <laughs> you, you really <laughs> no. have to know Yahweh, the covenant, the Moed Mikre, uh, Dod, yeah. uh, God's intent, his family, his his whole mindset, uh, Dode's life, the good and the bad of it, why this was needed, why it was important, why this wasn't God being mean and saying, my son, you're going to go do this. This was right. God being it, unbelievably be loving and say, yeah. you're right. The, the argument is brilliant. I support you on this, son. It's a heroic and courageous but righteous decision. And so how do we go about editing everything that we have written thus far? You know, I, I can tell you that the rewrite we've done on Yada Yawa, which took me uh, two and a half, three years, uh, me and all of us, uh, uh, that length of time, that a huge part of it is that we constantly diminished what we had to say about Yosha, that uh, and we constantly increased what we were saying about Dode. Yes. So, you know, the, the yeoman's work has been done. Uh, yeah. It's just that we're going to have to be, I think, a bit coy, where we uh, all we do is keep from saying something that's not true, but we don't bring this out um, until the reader is far enough along. That they know Yahweh, the they know his son Dode, right? Well, yeah. They understand the covenant. They understand the Mikra. Yeah. So what do you do with the twenty-eighth verse of the twenty-eighth Psalm? On the first verse, it says it's about time we get uh, Dode known for his Mikras, for the Mikras. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can't hide it under a bushel, can you? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> what I'm thinking about doing is but, I, I'm going to have to, you know. But part of this is I love the way we came to this realization. And you know, I read the conclusion this evening, and not the, the third chapters where we come to this realization. And I love the way we come to the realization, uh, this uh, this light going on, and it is it's just so beautiful how it develops. That mm. I'd like to continue yeah. that at, at this point, and that's why I'm at the fifth chapter now is covering the 23rd Psalm and the 22nd Psalm, going back to them rather than beginning this volume with them, because it's so obvious it's Dode, that if we do them before, then we don't work up to this. So it's, uh, it's going to take some finesse okay. to, uh, to have readers be far enough and listeners be far enough into their relationship and their knowledge of Yahweh, because you need to have a very good knowledge of Yahweh as father foremost as father. Mm -hmm. You need to have a very yes. good knowledge of Dode as son. 
and as Messiah, and of a man of great brilliance, but also of feet of clay. And then you have to have an understanding of what each of the seven Moed Mikre represent and how they were fulfilled, how they work together with the covenant, and then an essential understanding of the terms and conditions of the covenant and what it means to be part of the covenant. And then of God's timeline from Eden back to Eden over 6,000 years. Um, It takes a working knowledge of all of those things to appreciate the most important part of this, why it occurred this way. Much more important than who did it. Why did it happen this way? And so I don't have a good answer for that, but I am am immensely pleased and satisfied and content with what uh, Yahweh has revealed um, to us and through us. I mean, this is the calling of Teruah. Teruah is that you learn and share. You uh, understand and teach. It is the calling that uh, he has uh, for us. And and, um, part of this, too, is that uh, the job that Yahweh asked 22 years ago uh, for me to fulfill, which isn't the least bit prestigious, It's, it's just... There were no Yehudim who were willing to listen to him and do as he requested. So he had a Goy serve as herald, as messenger. Um, But an enormous part of that job was to do what we have done tonight. You know, in many ways tonight we, we have honored and lived up to um, that calling. We've justified Yahweh's faith in us. And I think that's important as well. Uh, I also had this no thought... No one ever said that, I'm sorry. Yeah, I had I'm this sorry. thought that, uh, that I'd spent um, three months writing the Babel um, volumes there, by the way. They're all available. I've now received my paperback versions of all of them. Um, thank you, Jackie, for... Uh, for getting them published, and uh, David for getting them on the uh, the website. I had thought that they were a gift to God, because it's, you know, it's like writing Questioning Paul. It's, it's dark and dirty business, um, exposing false prophets. Uh, and so I thought, well, you know, they were so dark, and they're so twisted, and <clears throat> so dehumanizing to Jews, and <clears throat> so debilitating yeah. to women, and, <clears throat> and demonizing of Jews, and brought so much hell on God's people that by exposing and condemning them, we were providing a gift to uh, Yehudim, to Yisraelites, and uh, to Yahweh. And I felt good about that. You know, it's it's nice after all this time that we were able to make a contribution. And it's not two weeks later that uh, we find this. It's like mm-hmm. God saying, you know, I appreciate the fact that you uh, you gave me this uh, gift, but um, my job is to make certain that mine are bigger, shiner, and better. So here, here, here's yours. 
Yeah, do this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this was nice of you and all. Nice, Travis. That's what I want you to do. Yeah, yeah it's, it's nice. Nice, you know. Put, put yeah, here, yeah, here, yeah, here, here's, uh, here's mine. Um, you know, it's not, it's not like uh, he's trying my to play one upsmanship. No, it's just, it's, it's just that uh, you, you can't outproduce him. No matter how much you try to give. He uh, gives more in return. He he wants it to be that way because he wants us all. This is a gift. Yeah, yeah. he Gosh. wants us all. To, it's the, you know who this is the great gift to, and it had when I first read it to Alea, who is uh, Jewish. It it just had her uh-huh. in tears because her first response yeah. is, "How could we have done this to him? How could we have done this to him? How could hmm. we be so awful in our response to him that we gave him no other choice? That he had." to endure this pain just to earn our respect. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Yeah. but it's, well, but it's course, a joy yeah. for uh, for Jews. It's destructive to Judaism. There's nothing left of it once you realize this is true. Yeah. Nothing left of Christianity completely obliterated. Um, and now all that's left is Yahweh, um, his, uh, his covenant, his Torah, his... Uh, Moed Mikre, his family, his timeline. That's all that that's all that matters. So what a gift to God's people. You know, and for all the Jews who have fought so long to say, oh, this Jesus thing makes no sense. Could you please get it out of here? And it's why so many Jews are failed to understand that the first four Mikre have been fulfilled because they're so annoyed by what the Jesus people have done to them. Well, there is no Jesus. It's gone. <laughs> Finally. Yeah, and it turns out that it was your king, Dode. You know, shame on you for playing around with a six-pointed star and pretending that's, uh, that's the star of David. He, he most certainly didn't have a uh, star. Um, but he's your king. Shame on you for thinking that a nameless Messiah awaits. He's been here twice already and is returning a third time. How could you not know him after all that time? Right. How could you denigrate him with all he has done for you? And maybe it's time you know, that you stop. Go ahead, Kirk. No, I, w- I was saying while I was reading that part where he says you're denigrating him and everything and you, you treated him so badly... And I looked up Jews for Jesus. Uh, Jews for Jesus. There's a lot of them, and I'm saying, for God's sake, people, stop that. Walk away. The uh, uh, geneticists. I, I had no uh, idea and, there was that many. Yeah, geneticists and anthropologists uh, uh, came up with the uh, the idea that, uh, and it's a big number. I, I'm going to say, uh, um, in the 200 million converso Jews. Now, I don't know what percentage of Jewish DNA they have to have to be considered a converso Jew, but a, a Jew that has accepted either Islam or Christianity to survive in an Islamic or Christian country um, where they still intermarried one, uh, with one another and kept their Jewish ethnicity while hiding uh-huh. under uh, the religions of either Christianity or, or Islam to keep those religions from killing them. Um, but uh, there are um, uh, perhaps as many as, as 200 million. 
And the sad thing is the, that those that are taking the DNA tests and finding out they're Jewish are, are being converted into Judaism. And that isn't going to help you at all. Mm. And, and, and this and notion to be Jewish, you're going to celebrate Judaism. No. You want to celebrate your legacy to Dode, to being a descendant of Jacob. You need to run from Judaism and embrace the covenant. Yep. So Absolutely. We, uh, we speak out against Jews for Jesus. We speak out against the numbskulls that prayed around as the black Hebrew Israelites. Uh, we uh, speak out against uh, messianics. Uh, we speak out against... Uh, the Herodim and uh, against all forms of Judaism, all forms of Christianity. God is anti-religious. Matzah is celebrated. The freedom to come into God's home, to leave religious and political oppression. That is what's being celebrated in unyeasted bread. It's taking the fungus of religion and political corruption away from our souls to perfect it. That's what Dode did when he carried all of that muck with him and the shield and deposited it there. That's how it happened. Do you think it's possible that uh, we meet three times a year with Yahweh in sort of a tribute to uh, Dode's three arrivals? <laughs> yes, Spring, summer, and fall. Yeah. Cool. Well, you know, there's there are three um, there's three sets of forty Yobel that define That's time. A, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, from yeah. the time that Adam and Chawa were expelled from the garden in 3968 BCE to the time that Yahweh and mm-hmm. uh, and working with uh, Yishak and Abraham um, affirmed mm-hmm. the covenant on Mount Moriah, uh, providing the Passover lamb uh, was exactly forty Yobel or. 2,000 years. I was 1968 uh, BCE, and it was a dress rehearsal for exactly what God said. And, and all of the dialogue was, uh, "My father, here I am, my son. My son, here I am." My, you know, it's it's constantly reinforcing a father-son solution. And God said, "No, don't take the life of your son, your only son, your your beloved son. I'm going to provide the lamb." He did with his son. With his son's not only blessing, but but the son was so insistent that it happened this way. And and then exactly 40 Yobel from that point is when Dode, a thousand years from his uh, first reign as king, he returned. And he didn't just go anywhere. He went to his home. Jerusalem, city of Dode, Mount Moriah, where he lived. And uh, when he first saw the light of day post-Bakorum, he came to Moriah, Mount Moriah, Mount Moriah, even before going to his father. And then exactly 40 Yobel from the 33 CE fulfillment of Pesach, Matzah, Bakorum, and Shabuah, Dode will return on Kippurim to reconcile Yisrael and Yahudam to Yahweh by anointing the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. 
40 Obel from 33 CE is 2033. That's how much time you have left. I have most who are listening to this, and I think we're promoting again in Israel tonight, those who yeah. are listening to this, um, two-thirds of you won't make it that long. Uh, a lot of people are going to die. A lot of Jews are going to die. It's going to be a very rough 10 years as we move. Yes, war, plagues, famines. It's going to be oh, anti-Semitism. It's going to be, well, and look at what Israel's doing. I mean, there we've got the waters of America. Fighting among themselves. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right now, the country is uh, torn apart, and it's torn apart on uh, on something that is so fundamental. They have no constitution. The reason they're struggling with judicial reform is that the justices expanded their purview over everything because there's, they're not ruling on a constitution. Israel has none. And, uh, and so it's a, uh, until they have one, the only entity that can keep them alive is Yahweh. And there, isn't, there aren't five Jews in Israel that know him. Right. So a lot has to change over the next 10 years for Yahweh's reunion and, uh, to occur favorably and for Dode to be welcomed as not only our Messiah and King and our Shepherd, but our Savior. A lot has to happen. And we're going to continue to play our role through Teruah uh, to do all we can to make this uh, occur for all of you. Well, that's our story. I don't know how we're going to top that next week, but we'll uh, <laughs> we just say see, see we'll be week. here. We'll be here. <laughs> so, I'm proud to be a part of this. Yeah, I wish uh, everyone Lovely. a wonderful Shabbat, uh, and uh, I apologize. I apologize. Uh, I know both uh, Dee that uh, you and Jackie uh, had done so much studying to validate whether you could find any holes in, uh, in this conclusion. And, uh, and Kirk, you, you didn't even sleep until yeah. last That's night, good. checking up every, uh, every word. But uh, maybe what we can do is, is next week, let, let you guys present so uh, the material from uh, your point of view and, and uh, mm-hmm. validate what we've uh, come to, to know. Uh, yeah. But nonetheless, it's a, it's a pleasure doing this with you. It, it's, I should say right. that... Um, that uh, even though I, I did a lot of talking this evening, that both Kirk and Dee insisted that uh, we <laughs> devote this program to presenting the fourth chapter of uh, Coming Home 3. So both thank were insistent. We do exactly what we did tonight. Um, thank you. So, uh, thank you, too. That, that, thank you for doing so. I think it was the right thing to do. And I, uh, as it I is. say, handle what you learn tonight appropriately. It's far less important, although it is vitally important, as to who served as the soul that embodied that nondescript uh, body of the Pesach Ale and most importantly fulfilled the most important day in human history, Matzah, leading to Bukotam, firstborn children. Who did it is vitally important, but not even 1% as important as why as why he wanted to do it and why God allowed him and enabled him to do it. That's the brilliance of it. Amen. Yep. Well, happy Shabbat to one and all. Uh, by the time we're together again, we'll still be celebrating Chag Matzah, 
but uh, a, the wonderful meal of Pesach will be uh, behind us. Um, I would assume that most are going to be celebrating it on uh, Tuesday evening. To all of you who do mm-hmm. have a marvelous uh, Pesach, but as you celebrate Pesach, please remember that uh, Pesach is uh, part of matzah, and matzah leads to Bukurim, and that it is this festival that brings us into God's covenant family. May Yah bless. Happy Shabbat. Have a wonderful Happy Shabbat. Chag Matzah. Speak yeah. to you this time yeah. next yeah. week. Good night. Shabbat Shalom. Night. Shalom, shalom.